How much money does hospice save Medicare? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Donald H. Taylor. Dr. Taylor is an assistant professor of public policy studies at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. Dr. Taylor, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your research. What did it reveal? Well, we basically compared Medicare beneficiaries who died while using hospice with those who did not use hospice. And we found that individuals saved the Medicare program about $2,300 after they began using hospice as compared to what they would have cost the program had they not used hospice. Has there been any prior research in this area to compare your findings to? There has been a lot of research. The last 30 years or so, people have been very interested, does hospice save money for insurers? And there's been mixed results. Some people have found yes, some people have found no. The tricky thing about comparing hospice users with those who do not use hospice is that the people that tend to use hospice differ systematically from those who don't choose to do so. So we uh, undertook a statistical matching approach, which was designed to get rid of some of those differences and hopefully leave only the effect of hospice as the only remaining difference. What are the differences? People with higher education are more likely to use hospice. People in urban areas are more likely to use hospice. Whites are more likely to use hospice. And all of these factors are also related with actually higher health care expenditures more generally. So a lot of simplistic comparisons actually will find that hospice users cost the Medicare program more than non-users. And so once you go and control for those factors, what we found is that hospice does actually save the Medicare program money. To put it in another way, we find that people who tend to cost Medicare more, once they begin using hospice, they actually cost Medicare less. And can you describe where that $2,300 is saved? Is it averaged over so many months or an average length of stay? Right. The 2300 is an average. Um, most of the money that is saved is really saved in the last two weeks of life. So the, the most expensive day often for many individuals is the day of their death or the day before their death. And that's because a great number of people die in the hospital, which is a very expensive place. And the most basic way that hospice operates to save the Medicare program money is it makes people much less likely to die in the hospital. Most of them die at home while receiving hospice benefits. Can you quantify that amount, an average amount of that last day, how much it costs if the patient is in the hospital? Well, the savings on the last day, hospice users cost the Medicare program about $800 less on average than people that didn't use hospice. And there's some savings most every day, the last 50 to 60 days of life, but say 50 or 60 days out, you're talking about saving 20 or $30 on average. So the savings really accelerate as you approach death. And that's primarily because the people in the control group, meaning the people not using hospice, are just much more likely to be receiving hospital care. And how much does an average hospital day cost at the end of life? That is a tricky question because it depends on the Medicare program reimburses hospitals based on DRGs, Diagnostic Related Group, which means they pay an average amount based on diagnosis. So there's not technically they pay a fixed amount of money, which you would then have to divide by the number of days somebody stayed in the hospital to come up with a, a cost per day. 
Who funded your research study? The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation paid for this study. Did the findings surprise you in any way? We started with the hypothesis that hospice could be expected to save the Medicare program money, but understanding that past research had a mixed result, we undertook our statistical matching procedure, hoping to come up with a clean look at this question, meaning to find the right people to compare hospice users to. So uh, we weren't surprised by the result, but given the fact that the literature is actually mixed on this, you know, one can never be sure. How many people benefit from the services of hospice? The use of hospice in the Medicare program has increased greatly. If you looked at, say, 1990, 7 or 8 percent of Medicare decedents used hospice before death, and this year it's nearly 30 percent. So there's been a huge expansion into hospice. And hospice was initially used primarily by people suffering from cancer, but more recently, say the last seven or eight years, a lot of the expansion has been due to people suffering from things like Alzheimer's disease, congestive heart failure, and and other sorts of conditions. Now about three in ten Medicare beneficiaries will use some hospice prior to death. Do you believe there's any other area in healthcare that improves the quality of life and saves money at the same time like hospice? It's very difficult to think of an example like that. Usually we're left with saying something is very expensive, but it results in some benefit. And we're then left to ask the question, is it worth it? And this is a case where the literature clearly shows that hospice improves quality of life for people who are dying and for their family members as they approach death. And we find that it saves money. So I I think it's fairly atypical. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Dr. Donald H. Taylor, Assistant Professor of Public Policy Studies at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina, discussing his research showing that hospice saves Medicare money. Dr. Taylor, why do you think this is the case for hospice? Well, I think the primary way that hospice saves the Medicare program money is that it reduces the likelihood that an individual dies in the hospital, which is the most expensive place someone can die. The nice thing about hospice is most people say they you know, don't want to die in the hospital. So hospice tends to provide um, palliative care in people's homes, which both improves quality of life and also saves the Medicare program money. What led to your interest in this area? Originally, it was a personal interest. I had a an aunt of mine or an aunt of my wife's was terminally ill, and she asked me to help her make some health care decisions as she approached death. And since I was a quote-unquote health policy expert, she thought I should know the answers to her questions, and I actually didn't know most of the answers, and that intrigued me. And I began to read some of the literature in this area and stumbled upon this controversy in the literature about whether hospice saves Medicare money. And uh, I was interested in that, and, and that's how I got started doing this. Had she asked you to be your power of attorney for health care agent? She had asked my wife to do that, and then she was asking me some other, other questions about options and choices and, and how to select a hospice provider and things of that nature. What did you learn during that process? One of the things I learned is that most people in the United States receive hospice in their homes. Something like 91-92% of Medicare hospice decedents have hospice come to their house and provide care. 
Before that, I think I thought of hospice as a building or a place, and there are inpatient hospice facilities, but most people get hospice in their home. And I also saw that the hospice providers who cared for her, they really passionately did care for her as a person. Her family would say, I think, that hospice really helped her die with dignity and not in pain. So it was as positive an experience as it could have been. So she died at home. She did die at home. And she died a peaceful, pain-free death? I wasn't there the day she died, but hospice helped her maintain as much control as possible, and she did appear to have her symptoms of pain alleviated. And uh, like I say, I mean, it's a difficult situation, but it made the best of a difficult situation, which I think is, in a sense, the essence of hospice. Mm -hmm. Are you planning any follow-up studies? I am mostly interested in health policy around issues of the aged and aging in general. So I'm mostly interested in this from the standpoint of what the Medicare program does with the hospice benefit. So I'm focused on that at this point. There's some individuals, I think, in the Congress who are interested in looking at the hospice benefit. The hospice program pays a per diem amount, and which means a certain amount per day. And most people who use hospice use it for days or weeks, so very short periods of time. But there are a very small proportion of people who use hospice for a longer period of time. And some people have looked at the long lengths of use and have worried that that might somehow be fraudulent. And so I'm, I'm quite interested in trying to focus some attention on the policy making around hospice. I actually think that a much bigger policy issue for Medicare is how you extend short lengths of hospice as opposed to how do you try to do anything about the long hospice stays. So where are you in that process, thinking about the research? Yes, the study has gotten some attention. I've been, to be honest, spending a lot of time trying to explain the research to a few policymakers. You know, often we're in universities, and I'm in a school of public policy, so in theory I want to, quote-unquote, change the world for the good, but often uh, as researchers we tend to live in our own world, and you know, I'm trying to get better at explaining this to people. I think you're doing an excellent job. Well, thanks. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us to discuss your research showing that hospice saves Medicare money. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD library. Thank you for listening.